Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! Hey, everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, what do we do in Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two pieces of narrative media and mash them up. We just stick them right together. Yeah, and, and see where they cross over. Mix them all around, and then we play games. Yeah, make them kiss. Make them fight. Make them be friends. All the great stuff that the great kids of today think are great. Yeah, we're cool. Um, And today's a very special episode because it's somebody's birthday. It's someone's 246. Second birthday. Oh man, it's a palindrome. It is. That's exciting. It's somebody's palindromic birthday. Yeah, it's not going to happen for another hundred years. No, a palindrome. It can happen in ten years because then it would be like two hundred and no fifty second. Oh right. I don't know how numbers seconds. work, <laughs> but it'll mean more when it's in another hundred years. Yep. Actually, in a hundred years, it'd be three hundred and forty second. It wouldn't be a palindrome oh, anymore. No. This is all falling apart. <laughs> Abandoned podcast. We're going to start a new podcast called Walt Learns About Numbers. Can't hear you. I'm in the escape pod. Ah. <laughs> Annie, whose palindromic birthday is it? It is Alexander Hamilton's palindromic birthday. So today we are doing a very special hashtag yay Hamlet episode. Yay Hamlet. We're mashing up Broadway's Hamilton with Shakespeare's Hamlet. <laughs> Broadway, Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> no, it's... Broadway's Alexander. Yeah. He's ours now. He, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure the the real Hamilton was way less cool. That is true. Like it, He did like New York, though. Yeah, he did. In New York, you could be a new man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they tell me. Yay. Um, so yeah, we are taking the lead off of this episode from a tweet from Hamilton creator Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, who had a woman yell at him on the street, uh, congratulations on Hamlet. And when he responded that he wished he wrote Hamlet, she responded to him by shouting... Yay, Hamlet! So this is our Yay, Hamlet episode. Yay. Um, so yeah, uh, why don't we start things off right by talking about Hamilton, which is something we never do in normal life. No. I So I listened to the soundtrack before Walt did, and it was really hard for like a few months because he would say, like, you know, New York, and I would just be like, in New York, you can be a new man, and he would stare at me. So I'm glad we can talk about this. It's now. true. We're finally at a place where we can unify. Um, I was I was saving it for a special moment, which I decided I guess would be on a plane to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. where I sat, <laughs> where we sobbing. have all our special moments. Yeah, where I sat sobbing next to two old women who did not speak English and were very confused Aww. as to why this man with headphones on was openly weeping next to them. But they learned. They did. They eventually sobbed on an airplane to Hamilton, too. It's true. It's true. So um, um, if you've been in the world recently, you've probably heard about Hamilton. Mm-hmm. It is a hip-hop musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda about founding father Alexander Hamilton uh, with a cast made up almost entirely of people of color. Um, the story follows Hamilton during the American Revolution and the early years of the United States. Um Kind of in the in the real founding of the country, leading up to Alexander Hamilton's famous duel with former <gasps> Vice President Aaron Burr. Oh boy, guys! Politics has always been bananas. Like Seriously. it's it's like real high on the banana train right now. But like things have always been a little bananas. <laughs> the banana train wouldn't be a bad train. <laughs> Don't disparage the banana train. <laughs> no, the banana train. It's like it's sitting in the sun. Bananas are rotting. There are fruit flies. So it like stalled out. Well, it's, you know, the ebbs and flows of the banana train. That's true. It just wants to bring potassium to the yeah. people. <laughs> um, so in the in the story, um, cast members uh, or some of the main cast members play two different characters over the course mm-hmm. of the play, um, kind of getting these really cool mirror imaging. Um, it's just a really beautifully constructed story. Yeah. I feel like the, the plot is, you know, when you say you're like, oh, it's founding of America. That's all really interesting, but like the way 
Miranda has constructed this narrative is just masterful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was inspired by um, Ron Chernow's book, Alexander Hamilton, which you don't think would be something that would inspire a hip hop musical. But I love that that happened. Yeah, it just, it's, you know, sometimes that's how things shake out. Yeah, it uh, originally began as a project called the Hamilton Mixtape, but eventually evolved into the musical theater show that we know now. Mm-hmm. Um, characters obviously include Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr, um, Elizabeth Schuyler, Eliza, who is Hamilton's wife, her sister Angelica, who was a super smarty pants and probably would have been president in another time. Yeah, seriously. Um, and she could go to toe to toe with Alexander Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, and Peggy Schuyler, who, you know, and, and Peggy, Peggy. <laughs> um, who apparently was really cool in her own right. Yeah. Um, and there's George Washington, the Marquis de Lafayette, John Lawrence, Hercules Mulligan, King George, like all these people you heard about when you were doing American history in middle school um, mm. come to amazing life. Um, the songs are really compelling and mix hip hop with pop and like Broadway standards. Yeah, there's um, such a, a diversity of music in it that I feel like people yeah. sort of, especially people who haven't heard it a lot of times, talk about it only as a hip hop musical. But I yeah. think, you know, you've, you've said before, like there's, it's such a beautiful blending of all these different styles. Yeah, um, and I think that helps really further along the story of Hamilton kind of coming up as a young immigrant in America mm-hmm. and through the, the revolution um, and just being this brilliant writer. Um, and Miranda's like crafting of language is phenomenal, like and use of different musical styles throughout the show for like the rap battles in Washington yeah. um, to something that's a little more broadway like the room where it happens um mm. with aaron burr and getting to see character represented through different musical styling is is awesome absolutely um so yeah if you haven't already heard it like you just need to listen to yeah. it immediately just don't even listen to the rest of this podcast go listen to hamilton yeah and the original cast recording is fantastic because it's like all of the show like you mm-hmm. hear literally everything that happens yeah except for maybe like one moment there's one number and there's a couple little moments that but like but it's almost entirely there um and the original cast is phenomenal like you have um lin-manuel miranda playing alexander hamilton there is um leslie odom jr as aaron burr who's just like oh i could listen to wait for it on repeat i have listened to wait for it on. yeah i was gonna say could (laughs) Um, philip sue as eliza is just heartbreaking um, so is uh, Renee, Renee Elise uh, Goldberry as, or excuse me, Goldsbury as Angelica. Like her, mm-hmm. see, we got to see Hamilton. It was amazing. You guys are like, so amazing. Seeing her performance, it will like, I already loved her on this recording, but then like in person, she was just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, oh God, Chris Jackson as George Washington. Like, yeah. David Diggs. Yeah. As oh my god as jefferson, jefferson and like and two totally different characters and he plays them both so well it's just yeah. phenomenal go get the album go get the album um so so there are a lot of big themes in here um mm-hmm. as hamilton again is an immigrant in america at the time of the revolution trying to p- prove himself a big theme ends up being not throwing away your shot mm-hmm. um don't give it up on opportunities whereas Burr, who is his rival, but kind of the narrator of the show, um, is so focused on control and not rushing into things and really just doesn't put his passion somewhere. And Hamilton is all about passion. He is driving ahead full force and he's brilliant. But then throughout the show, we see at what cost does this drive come um what what are you sacrificing Mm -hmm. for these greater goals including the beautiful cinnamon rolls in your life oh no eliza no i know right (laughs) philip oh philip yeah so many cinnamon rolls i know so many cinnamon rolls yeah oh man um and another theme is uh who lives who dies who tells your story that's a line that comes up and i think is also a much bigger theme of what does representation in media mean? Um, yeah. And I and the story, it's a lot to do with legacy and what do you leave behind? And oh my God, Elizabeth Schuyler and the last song, My Heart. Um, but also from the show being about the founding fathers who, a bunch of white guys, but told through 
hip hop by people who are largely people of color, it raises a lot of questions about whose stories are being told, whose stories are allowed to be told, mm -hmm. um, and whose voices are we not hearing? Yeah, absolutely. And there's a sense of ownership of it, of, you know, that oh, this yeah. is an American story. And yeah. it's not just, America's not just a bunch of white people in a room. It's yeah. that there's, there's an element of myth-making to the musical that's so smart. Oh, totally. Because, I mean, we literally have myths about George Washington, mm -hmm. like chopping down cherry trees. That's not real. He, but he was a real person and yeah. did not live that long ago. Um, no. And like, I think the the show doesn't try to be everything to everyone. I think there was some backlash about, the, you know, who's telling stories and what stories are being told. But I mm -hmm. think it, it raises some really interesting questions in a really compelling way. Uh, yeah. And I think it puts the founding of America at the forefront of the conversation, but in the sense of how messy and yeah, really and, conflicted it was. Yeah, and, like what and, an and that these were real people. Yeah, um, and the needs and compromises that they had. And then I love what you said earlier about employing the hip hop and the different kinds of languages because there's so much in this musical that like these are people who live and die by language. And so it's such a yeah. natural fit to have this guy who wrote just pages and pages and pages every day <laughs> of his life. wrote the other 51. <laughs> exactly. Like this guy who could not stop writing, of course, is personified by somebody who is a hip hop artist yeah, and is and a just rapper. Yeah, words are coming out of him like yeah. gunshots. Yeah, there's no sort of control from him. He's just this fountain of thoughts and of brilliance. Um, well, I think there, I mean, at least in the show, there's, it's control in terms of he's very smart about what he's saying, yeah. but it's, it's just, it's all, it Niagara Falls. He can't stop himself from yeah. saying that. He's never going to sit oh back and hold God, his tongue. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, right? It's, uh, yeah, he's the classic, like, yes, you're right, but you're also a jerk guy. Yeah, and it's like, you, you're the smartest person in the room and you know it. Mm -hmm. And, and again, he doesn't think about people outside of himself or his greater goal. Yeah. Um, and really to his own detriment. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, just a fascinating story and show and a fascinating effect on popular culture. For sure. And I mean, I like... I remembered nothing about Hamilton other than he got killed by Aaron Burr, and that was only because of the Got Milk commercial yeah. growing up. I want more. I want more. Um, and so it was fascinating listening to the cast recording for me the first time because I literally didn't know what was coming. I didn't know when the when yeah. the duel happened. I couldn't remember if he died in the duel or not. Yeah. So I was just I got to spend I every even, moment. Like I remember in the peanut butter commercial, it was who shot Alexander Hamilton, exactly. Not who killed Alexander Hamilton. So I was like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. And I think you don't think of the founding fathers as these individual people with their own paths, but then you've got this guy who grew up in the Caribbean yeah. and was an aide to George Washington in the war and had this wildly disparate and, road. You know, now we think of this as this thing that of course the America won and is a country. Yeah. It's like, but it like, they had no idea. Absolutely. And George Washington was failing. Yeah. Like he he was having a real hard time. Until Lafayette. Lafayette. <laughs> okay. Yay. Um oh, it's so good. Um so yeah, some things that I like and other people will like, um, if you don't already love this musical. It's I mean, Lin Manuel Miranda is a phenomenal writer. I feel yes. like he is as close to Shakespeare as we'll see in our lifetime. Just mm -hmm. his use of words is phenomenal. Um, and the songs are also really catchy and cool. Um, it makes you have so many feels for American history. Like listening yeah. to George Washington's Going Home makes <sighs> me feel so patriotic. <laughs> Um, and again, like while the founding fathers were a bunch of white guys, this show reminds us that America is a country of immigrants and that our diversity and drive ultimately makes us stronger. Absolutely. Um, I, I mentioned the original cast recording, which is so good. And I love that it's something that, you know, it's, it's Broadway. It's super expensive. It's in New York. And even though they're they're doing shows in Chicago now, I think mm -hmm. those to LA. Yeah, there's one in Philadelphia yeah, that's going to so be starting like up. Show, shows are popping up, but it's still, I mean, it's still expensive. A lot of kids can't go see it. But like mm -hmm. you listen to the original cast recording, you get the show and yeah. all these beautiful songs. Um, and yeah, yeah, although it's, again, the hip hop musical, there are all these different song stylings coming together. Awesome. 
Um, and I listened to it on repeat while I was training for the Boston Marathon last year and then during the marathon. So I listened to it a lot <laughs> and it never got old. And she kicked butt during the marathon yeah. too. So it is obviously good runner Woo-hoo. fuel. Do it again, 2017. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's great. Like, I feel like there's been so much hype ar- around it, but the hype is so warranted. Yeah, it has totally earned it. And he's Lin Manuel and all of the artists involved are people whose names I think we're all going to be hearing for a very long time after this one. Yeah, I saw some uh, promotional shots for Philippa Sue in the Amelie musical. Yeah, I'm like, I love you already. Mm-hmm. I love this so much. Just let it be happening in my heart right now. <laughs> well, it already is in your heart. It but lives like, there I, forever. Oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's a little about Hamilton. Yay. Well, why don't you tell us about Hamlet? I will. Speaking of the Shakespeare of modern day America, let's talk about the Shakespeare oh. of Shakespeare time. Um, yeah, so Hamlet is a tragedy written sometime between the years 1599 and 1602 by little known hipster playwright William Shakespeare. Um, you know, he did have that fa- that fun facial hair. Oh, he did. He was very, a, very that's Brooklyn. That's some good Van Eyck beard right there. <laughs> Thanks, Gwyneth West. Oh, yeah. Um, history of dress. Yeah. The class. Yeah. Get those pumpkin hoes, baby. And he can still... Sp- and slashes. And he can still spot a bustle from 50 yards. Well, I, there are many different kinds of bustles, so... <laughs> I I'm guess just that's saying. the point, too. They're supposed to be saying. spotted. Um so yeah, I mean, Hamlet, it's one of the most famous, if not the most famous Western plays ever written, and almost definitely one of the most quoted and misquoted. You've got To Be or Not To Be, Alas, Poor Yurik, you've, Flights of Angels Sing Me Did I Rest, all the greatest hits are here. Um, yeah, this is a play that there's a reason that a woman mistook Hamilton for Hamlet, because people get it reversed in their brains, because it's a huge cultural presence yeah, in our lives. Yeah, I think... I, I feel like it was one of the things that like showed up in cartoons when we were young. Like yeah. you, you see someone holding a skull, and like Bugs Bunny is like, you know, to be or not to be, even though those are two mashed up scenes. Yeah, but it's things that just get live in our brains, yeah. collectively as a people. Um, so just for those of you who haven't seen or read it in a while, uh, basic synopsis of Hamlet. Uh, so the play is set in Denmark, which has recently finished a war with Norway. Uh, shortly after defeating the Norwegian King Fortinbras, King Hamlet of Denmark, um, the father of the main characters. We'll just call old, him old Big Ham- Hamlet. Big Hamlet and Lil Hamlet. The Big Ham. The Big Ham. Big Hamlet has defeated King Fortinbras of Norway and then dies suddenly. And his brother, Claudius, marries his wife, Queen Gertrude. Uh, Claudius is very eager to move on, but his new son, Prince Hamlet, or Lil Ham, as they call him... (laughs) Uh, is not having it and he's all talking to Claudius like don't call me son and call me son one more time uh, Hamlet is in the eye of a hurricane of emotion uh, and it gets worse when the ghost of his father appears on the castle walls what? and tells Hamlet that basically mm-hmm. King Hamlet was having a moment alone in the shade at peace in the nation he'd made when Claudius snuck into the garden and killed him by pouring poison into his ear Ock. yeah it seems like a really convoluted way to to kill somebody but i guess it works and they blamed it on a snake and you know stuff can go in your ear that's true it's terrible and he's had a moth in her ear she speaks from experience it's disgusting it's a good thing it wasn't a poison moth stay out of your ears (laughs) claudius is a monster but yeah but everybody in the kingdom is like well i guess our king got bit by a snake that's what happens here in denmark Um, yeah like does denmark have snakes I mean, not anymore. There was a great culling after this accident. That's Ireland. Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) They all went to Denmark. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hamlet swears to avenge his father's death, but before he takes his shot, he decides that he first needs to wait for it and see if the ghost was telling the truth or not. So he devises a plan with his right-hand man, Horatio, uh, in which he will pretend to be mad, and by doing so, he will have the freedom to investigate things further. I I feel like Horatio should have been like, Dude, we could we could take care of this another way. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of different there's ways a, to investigate yeah. this. Horatio spends a lot of the play giving good advice and getting ignored. Spoiler alert. Aww. So Hamlet starts acting nonstop crazy and dressing like the pits of fashion. Um, the king's advisor, Polonius, who everyone agrees should talk less, thinks that Hamlet's madness comes from his wanting to be reliable with the ladies, specifically Polonius's daughter, Ophelia. But Hamlet spurns her, leaving her feeling helpless and sad. Uh, 
Queen Gertrude is worried about her son, but Claudia says that it's okay because he has some spies on the inside. That's right, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, who are two of Hamlet's old friends. Claudius sends them to see what Hamlet's deal is and also spawn a new modernist play at the same time. Uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern bring a troop of entertainers to distract Hamlet, but Hamlet works with them to stage a play that he calls The Mousetrap, which is uh, very reminiscent of Claudius's murder of Hamlet's father. Real subtle, Hamlet. Yeah, he's really, really not. And he spends the whole play sitting behind them being like, huh, huh? Huh? Get it? This Hamlet guy looks is bad. Like the worst murderer ever. <laughs> you're the worst at vengeance. Oh, Hamlet, you're just not good at vengeance. He sure is good at talking, though. That is true. Um, the play makes Claudius mad as a hatter, which Hamlet takes for proof of Claudius's crimes, and Hamlet decides it's time to blow them all away. So he confronts Gertrude in the room where it happens, where it, in this case, is Claudius sleeping with Gertrude. Yeah. There's a big deal made out of it. It's they talk a Show lot. Show me how to say no to this. Oh well, that's the thing. Gertrude says that she couldn't say no to this oh, no. with Claudius, and Hamlet winds up killing Polonius, who is eavesdropping because Polonius is always eavesdropping. It's like his favorite thing to do. Like, every time he walks into a room, he's like, "Ooh, there's an arras over there. I'll duck behind it and listen." He, he also guest starred on Downton Abbey. It's true. <laughs> He was big into listening things. People are like, we need to take down all the tapestries in this in this castle because Polonius is always behind them listening it to things. It gets real cold, guys. Oh, no. I just want to wrap myself in a tapestry. Oh, so Hamlet kills Polonius, which of course means he's never going to be president now. Uh, Claudius sends Hamlet away with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, ostensibly to recuperate in England and get his wits back, but actually... Claudius is sending him to be put to death. Hamlet discovers the treachery, however, changes the orders out to say that Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are the ones who should be ex executed, signs them, your obedient servant, Ham.let, then gets saved by some pirates, because that's a thing that happened in plays back during this era. You just had pirates come off stage and resolve a lot of plot issues. I'm just imagining, like, Marquis de Lafayette, like, sailing in with his boats. <laughs> with guns and ships. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Hamlet heads back to Denmark. Meanwhile, back in Denmark, Laertes, who's Ophelia's brother and Polonius's son, he like went to college for a semester, came he, back, and everything's terrible. He's going to get a scholarship to King's College. Um, so he comes back from getting high with the French and discovers that his dad is dead and his sister is insane. Um, I know it's rough for him. I feel uh, so bad for Laertes. Oh yeah, especially because he's awesome. Everybody spends yeah. the whole play being like Laertes is the best, King Laertes, he's the greatest. Yeah. And then he comes back and it's like, wow, you have a rough time, guy. Hashtag Team Laertes. Oh, poor Laertes. Uh, so Laertes swears that he'll bring Hamlet to justice in a duel and then finds out that Ophelia has committed suicide by drowning herself, which really is just kind of like rubbing salt in the wound and ensures that he will never truly be satisfied. Um, Hamlet comes back from his time abroad with pirates and he and Laertes have a duel that involves poison rapiers and poison wine and just poison all over the room and basically breaks all 10 duel commandments. Oh no. <laughs> uh, winds up with everybody. That's, that's why we had to get the 10 duel commandments. Exactly. They instituted it shortly after this because they were like, everything in this room has poison on it. Yeah. Look, I, this table is coated in poison. Why did they think that would help? Yeah. Man. People did just like they overthought the amount of poisoning yeah, that was going like, to be necessary. If I, I want to challenge someone to someone to a duel, we're just going to be in a death trap. Yeah, Laertes is like, I'm going to poison the tip of my sword, and then Claudius is like, Yes, and I'll put a poison pearl in a glass of wine and offer it to Hamlet. And Laertes should be like, No, really, the sword's going to be okay. Like it's like, between me and him. Yeah, I'll just like poke him. It's cool, but you know they're all they're all in for a penny and for a pound. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, everybody—Hamlet, Laertes, Claudius, and Gertrude—all wind up dead on the floor. With, at which point, Prince Fortinbras of Norway throws open the doors and is like, "What did I miss?" Sadly, uh, the only one who's left standing in the middle of the room is Horatio, who lived. Hamlet died, and Horatio will now tell their story. Uh, so Fortinbras just kind of like walks into a charnel house and is like, "I, I feel like Fortinbras like, wow, you guys took care of war for me. Yeah, he's this like, is way easier. Yeah, he's like, this is the easiest war and ever. I bet the Danes were like, dude, our royal yeah. family's the worst. We'll right. take you. Exactly. Sure. They're thank God they're dead. Yeah. All they did was sit around in gardens and poison people. Yeah. They're bananas. We're on Team Norway. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's the lamentable tragedy of Hamlet. Uh, if you can 
accurately list all of the Hamilton references in Walt Summary, like we'll 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 let you win something. The first person who yeah. sends them all to us, we'll buy you a Yay Hamlet T-shirt or yeah, something. Yeah, there you go. I like <laughs> yeah. that. Um, so some themes about Hamlet, or or themes about Hamlet. Um, <laughs> despondence (laughs) depression um but no some general themes that the play is dealing with um depression is actually one of them hamilton is a very depressed uh, hamilton god i'm doing the reverse of it i know it's hard hashtag yay hamilton um hamlet is a pretty depressive character uh he's kind of a bummer and he's working through it and even when he's pretending to be mad there are elements of his madness that you really start to blur the line as to how much is purposeful and how much is just kind of and, uh, him I being think that's manic. a really interesting thing for productions to figure out. Like, mm-hmm. uh, is is Hamilton pulling all the strings? Or, oh, excuse me, Hamlet. Is <laughs> Hamlet pulling all the strings um, in his plot? Is he just really kind of driven by grief? And yeah. um, I know some productions have, have done it where he, the second time, or the second time, I think he sees old, old ham mm-hmm. um, is not really real. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question about like what, what is sanity and yeah. like at what, and especially post grief emotion. Yeah, exactly. That he really, even when he thinks he's in control, he may not be fully in control. Yeah. Um, other things, there is so much about religion, especially the afterlife in this play. People talk about it all the time. Well, ghosts There's, are hanging out. It's true. I mean, so I guess it's, it's on like the tip Christmas, of man. <laughs> But I mean, it's a big part for Hamlet as well, where where Big Ham shows up, and the question isn't even is this ghost lying? Is it is this ghost the ghost of my father, or is he a devil? Yeah, and he's trapped in purgatory. Um, there's a moment where Hamlet decides he's going to kill Claudius, and then sneaks up on him. But Claudius has just finished praying, and Hamlet is like, "I can't kill him now because he's absolved of his sins. So if I killed him now, he would go to heaven. And what kind of a revenge would that be?" So there's a lot of reckoning. Yeah, and then that is is it that. Hamlet is like afraid to like legit go up and murder somebody is or and like is that an excuse or is that yeah. a legitimate reason to not bring a murderer to justice absolutely there's all sorts of talk about whether Ophelia should get a proper burial as a suicide oh, versus a noble Ophelia. or a commoner um, yeah there's all of this conversation about where people are going to go in the other life and it really results in them not paying a lot of attention to the lives around them that yeah. they've got going on um, and then there is constant discussion of ceremony and and respect and sort of honor throughout the play but things like the mourning period weddings duels um, religious ceremonies um, even the ceremony of going to the theater all get broken over the course of this play. Like there's so much violation of the standards of conduct um, in pretty much every turn that it becomes, it sort of amasses into this snowball of bad behavior that gets everybody dead. Um, And then intersecting a little bit and moving us into the yay Hamlet portion of the episode, there is a lot of conversation about legacy and story and remembrance. Um, Even, you know, Hamlet's dying request to Horatio is basically tell my story to people, Yeah, which then Horatio gets to do like five minutes later because Fortinbras yeah. and I'm sure he's like, oh my god, I can't believe this happened. And he's like, there's a story here. I need here. to tell people about this. I know. Yeah, Horatio I would want to tell this story. Yeah. For sure. um, and maybe he'll start an orphanage. Who knows? Oh, that would be great because yeah. there are so many dead people around, and they probably have kids somewhere. That's true. A lot of orphans running around yeah. at this point. People getting poisoned everywhere. Yeah, right. From all the snakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> snakes take over Denmark. Oh no! Snakes rule it now. Fortinbra is just a bunch of snakes in an old timey coat. <laughs> oh no! Um, so yeah, are there other thematic areas where these intersect? Um, I mean, I think that the idea of legacy in general, like, I mean, I guess specifically related to like old Hamlet and mm-hmm. and Hamilton in terms of like, what are you leaving behind yeah. for your, you know, and it's, you know, the garden, your planting season, the garden you never get to see. Very and true. Ha- old Hamlet was kind of struck down. You never get to see the garden because you get poisoned yeah, in Yeah, you get poisoned in your snake garden. Oh, no. <laughs> Why did I plant all those snake <laughs> I seeds? no idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, old Hamlet is struck down, you know, in the supposed prime of his life mm-hmm. um and he he needs revenge it's like i am i need you to go and avenge me um and hamilton is worried about like what what are people going to say about me you know in years to come so yeah. old hamlet needs young hamlet to come and secure his legacy absolutely um and and hamilton doesn't get that option well no and he didn't know his father 
Oh, true. He did. Oh no, I'm thinking about yeah, he's him trying and to Phillip set that too. In. Oh, Phillip. I know. I keep dropping that in. Womp womp womp. Um, yeah, I think there's also a runner in both shows about the roles that women play in society oh, yeah. and are allowed to play. Yeah. I mean, obviously with Angelica no Skyler power. and Eliza, but Angelica, especially, you get yeah. someone who's kind of thwarted by society and stuck in a very and, specific and role. And she understands what her role is. Yeah. She, she, you know, can't really fight against it. She knows that as the oldest sister, she's got to marry well. Yeah. She cannot pursue any kind of real education or profession yeah she works as hard as she can from within it and um gertrude is someone who you know we we look at her as this kind of villain for marrying claudius but it's like what were your options otherwise yeah and they have the the moment where hamlet confronts her in the bedroom is a really fascinating scene to look at because it can go one of any number of different ways but where she basically lays out like no this was what i had to do um there's an element of maybe she is in love with claudius and not evil did she know or not that king hamlet was killed there's also I was when I was rereading Hamlet before this podcast, um, Ophelia gets things mansplained to her so much. Oh, totally. Her whole first stage, first scene on stage is first Laertes and then Polonius being like, "Oh, you like Hamlet, huh? Here's what you should do." Yeah, and laying it out for Protect them. Protect yourself. Yeah, and being like, "Let me just lay this out for you, little anything. lady." <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, Ophelia is so trapped in circumstance and really is not allowed to have a lot of agency of her own until she takes her own life. And uh, even at that point, people discount it. They they talk about it as, oh, no, she was out on a willow branch and it broke and she fell into the yeah. stream. Like she takes this act of reclamation and of action that is immediately undercut by people saying, well, no, mm-hmm. we got to – it was an accident. Yeah, let's not talk up suicide as a good choice. Also true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's grim either way that yeah. you slice it. Um, but yeah, it is arguably the one moment of – like ownership she gets and it's taken it's like yeah there's a lot of problems in there oh poor ophelia i mean there's yeah. that whole you know a book from the 90s about young women called like ophelia speaks yeah so like she is a character that's really kind of come through yeah the western canon as like young women without power and that, yeah. that image. And there's, I think in Hamilton, there is a real purposefulness with which the women's roles are approached. I think some yeah. of it in Hamlet is largely incidental to the time oh, period totally. as well. Um, it's a lot of, I mean, these were guys playing women anyway. When exactly. I was so there's a lot of accidental misogyny going on and structures, but there's also, as much as this play is able to, it's also dealing with that question while still being a play yeah. largely about dudes. And um, in Hamilton, like we're, it's still Hamilton's story. This is right. not a woman's story. But I love that it ends with Eliza. Mm-hmm. Like she, she's the one who gets to live a good long life and do amazing things and tell the story. Like she is a powerful figure, and I feel like for that reason, again, even the, it, though it's to show about Hamilton, like Alexander Hamilton, um, it it elevates the women's role mm-hmm. in the play to people who have their own stories and agency yeah and it and it keeps us aware of the stories that aren't getting told yeah off stage oh. like peggy oh peggy who apparently was awesome yeah. and i mean it's not peggy's story like yeah. we can't tell everybody's story in two and a half hours mm-hmm. but or even theodosia yeah who winds oh. up maybe getting killed by pirates or the storm yeah i mean pirates though that's true. They're everywhere. <laughs> They're all and, over the place. I mean, place. Mariah Reynolds. Like, yeah. I think in, in when you hear the cast recording, you only get that kind of one song with her. But in, mm. in the show, you get to see a little more of her, which is nice because then you get this idea of like, okay, what – what was she complicit in? What was yeah. she forced to do? Like, there there are questions raised about her character as well in a, in a richening way. Absolutely. They keep her way. from just being a sort of 2D villain. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I think thematically, there's a lot of ways these plays talk to each other. Yeah. But let's get to the real crossover. Yeah. How does everybody wind up in the same place? Oh, wow. So, when when is Hamlet? So I guess it depends on when you're... Yeah, it depends it, on when you want to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I had a thought. Okay. My first justification for this was, well, we're in the 21st century. Anything before 1920 is basically all happening at Old the same time. Old-timey times. Anyway, Old-timey fa- phase. That's, but, that's why people always think that one bustle is all you need, but really there are many. <laughs> Moving on. And so I knew that wouldn't fly. So I had to do some more thinking as to how these people wind up together. And then I realized in Hamilton, it is well established by the song Satisfied that Angelica has superpowers. She can rewind time. 
So what that is I, not where I thought so that was going. I posit is that maybe she goes a little too far, and Hamilton, suddenly everybody Hamlet, at that wedding party gets crossover. warped back to Denmark because there's a spatial component as yeah. well. Because she's drunk, she's yeah, at her own wedding. That is true. Um, so this is like her manifestation of mutant powers. Oh my god, she goes. There's a mutant. Yeah. I love this. This she, is the, the crossover no one expected. Exactly. She goes overboard, rewinds a little bit too far, rips space and time. Suddenly, oh, this that's, whole that's wedding what happens party. When you're so full of potential and you're, it's just living inside you. Exactly. This whole wedding party winds up back at the court in Denmark and has to deal with what's happening, which happens to be a revolution because Fortinbras yeah. is coming through. That's true. So are they on Fortinbras' side or are they on Hamlet's side? I think that de- probably depends on who's who. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or maybe... See, this is, this is way more fun because I was like, oh, well, I know Lafayette went back to France, so he's traveling around. And so Jefferson was in Europe at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, there are people over there. So I was just going to say, like, oh, literally, could we get those two people together? But I like yeah. time travel. Yeah, I mean, let's always hold in time travel where we can. That's <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, everybody's all together and that's a good question of whose side would they be on i would argue potentially if they show up let's say like during the the performance of the mousetrap or something Uh they just drop on in yeah um would their revolutionary fervor be enough to convince hamlet to actually launch an offensive against claudius and try to retake the kingdom and then they could also convince him to make it a democracy because that was their big thing yeah right um and maybe convince him that the way to avenge his father's death is really to set up a stable government instead of being a total batshit crazy person. That's the true vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> stability. Hooray. Economic stability. Taxation Yay. with representation. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I like that. Yeah. And, I, and you I know, know. Th- they're close enough in time period that they'd all be immune to the same diseases and stuff. And uh, except snakes. I mean, yeah, snakes, are snakes, in, snakes can come anywhere. They're as much of a danger in revolutionary America as they are in Denmark. Yeah, that is true. They're as much of a danger now. But you know, they're fine if you don't tread on them. Wink. <laughs> Thank you for the wink sound. <laughs> well, because I actually winked. Yeah, I know. It also like, happened in studio. It was bad audio, yeah. but great, great visual. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that with that as a baseline yeah, crossover like reality, it. do we want to talk about some games? Yeah. Cool. Um, so let's uh, let's get some kissing and, yeah. and faces. Yeah, like kiss your faces. Who's going to make out? Um, so Angelica has superpowers. Right. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, again, like Laertes is kind of the cool dude. He's a badass. In town, yeah. And he's also pretty stable and smart, which yeah. I like. I feel like she needs... He goes some... off the rails once his whole family dies. Well, yeah, but... but like he comes back from... It's like, woohoo! Go Bulldogs! I'm going to come back from college and oh, everybody's been murdered. Oh my. And my sister's crazy. Yeah, things get real. Yeah, so um, I feel like they, they both have kind of a lot on their shoulders in terms of being the oldest Mm -hmm. child and the responsibility that comes with that. Um, So I think they could relate to each other a lot. And um, yeah, I think he can help her and support her as she deals with her new time travel superpowers. And I think they would have wind up being in charge because they've got all the skill sets. They're smart and stable and not obnoxious. And can turn back time. Yeah. (laughs) They can find a way. Yay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think uh, I was trying to think about Ophelia. And like, who do yeah. we want Ophelia to wind up with? I I feel like I could see her with um, maybe Marquis de Lafayette. I was going to say Lafayette as yeah, well because like I think depending on how you play it, um, I've seen the the pre theater scene with Hamlet and Ophelia done in a kind of flirty way, mm-hmm. where like Hamlet's like basically making sex jokes, yeah. and I think I've seen where the Ophelia is kind of coming back at him. Ah, yeah. Um, which I think is cool. Absolutely. Um, so I think that she, like Marquis de Lafayette would be all flirty. He's reliable with yeah. the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if Lafayette didn't work out or depending on the embodiment of Ophelia, yeah. if it was the more sort of like reserved, classically victimized yeah. Ophelia, yeah. I think Lawrence could be a great fit. Yeah. Uh, although Lawrence probably has has his eye on the other, on the other side as well. So maybe, well, no, Philip is kind of a cad. Yeah, I think Philip's got his own issues. He's got he's got like the father issues. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but I actually maybe um, Aaron Burr. Yeah, because he's he's very measured and, and actually he respects women. Yeah, like, he is all up for giving Theodosia 
education. He wants to make the the world a better place for her. Like, I think I, this may be incorrect. So historians come at me. But like, I'm pretty sure I heard that Aaron Burr was like, more into women's rights. Yeah. And if contemporaneous writing about Aaron Burr is any indication, hey. women's were pr- women were pretty into Aaron Burr yeah. too. Oh, too. yeah. You guys, there is contemporaneous erotic fan fiction about Aaron Burr out there. Isn't that so there. crazy? Yeah. Like that is one of the weirdest little historical facts. I know, but you know, people have been nasty for a long time. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe Aaron Burr. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and I mean, Aaron Burr, like there's um, the line in... Wait for it. That's like my brother was a genius. And mm-hmm. so I feel like he, again, like he has a lot of respect for women. I feel like Ophelia needs somebody who can appreciate her. Yeah. And he's going to take care of her. Okay. Yeah. And, and help her through. But yeah, I think so. Like edgier, more, more modern Ophelia Lafayette yeah. pairing would work really well. Otherwise, classical Ophelia yeah. and Aaron Burr. I yeah. think we'll get along wonderfully. Oh, good job, guys. You're so pretty. I love yeah. you. <laughs> oh, they're so pretty. Um, yeah. I feel like Lawrence and Horatio. Um, could potentially oh, yeah. hang out. Yeah, because they're and like the best friend characters. They're the best friends who who people don't listen to quite as much. Yeah. They're very like Lawrence is very passionate. Yeah. And Horatio is very supportive. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh, they would be great. Yeah. I think they'd be a oh, lovely I couple. I love that. Mm-hmm. Good job, guys. So oh. um and yeah, we're running out of women. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's Gertrude. Yeah, I mean, and Gertrude yeah. depends so much on how she's being played. Yeah. To some she's, extent, I feel like she, she and Claudia is kind of plot, Is work. she just... Is she... Like, does she have hey, agency? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and really, God, I don't even know who I'd match her with. Yeah. One thing's for sure, Fortinbras and Peggy, though. Just going to run off together. Yeah. Oh. Or establish a new kingdom together. Yeah. One of the two. I don't... I don't know if... Well, they both spend a lot of the play being absent. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, how about the Battle Dome? There's a lot of fights. Yes. A lot um, of duels. I feel like actually Hamlet and Hamilton would <laughs> Battle Dome. They would not like they, each they other. They would just... It would be like the ultimate rap battle showdown that would never end. Oh my God. It would be like sitting in an English discussion section yeah. with like the two dudes who just keep talking over one really another. And they're both really smart. Yeah. And they're like, they're both quipping and they're citing their sources, but you're like, I want to go to lunch. The dining hall is going to run out of frozen <laughs> yogurt. Let this end. Or you know what? It would also be like watching two guys on a really bad improv team. Because I think they're oh, always no. trying to just one up each other. Oh. Like, yeah, they're big into wordplay, and they, yeah. they have at it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I think they would totally fight. Yeah, I feel like they would definitely bring out the worst in each other. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like George Washington and Claudius, because Washington really? ain't having that. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, Washington would not put up yeah. with that kind of you know non demand for power. That would that would suck. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah not electing. An official just right. poisoning your way to the top. Nope. <laughs> Although I think um, King George and Claudius could hang out. Oh they yeah, would, they would be. Yeah, they would work into best yeah. buddies for sure. Um, uh, so what about um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? I feel like they need to fight somebody. Yeah, or be best buddies with somebody, wouldn't they? Oh really? No, no they're kind of jerks. They're, yeah, they're. Jerky. I feel like we would. You could. You would basically have a crew throwdown with like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern versus Hercules Mulligan and yeah. Lawrence and Lafayette. Like and they, they would w- all. And like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern would be dead. Oh yeah, they would be dead. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Once again. <laughs> yeah, they're just like there. They're not yeah. really like yeah. They're just there. Um, so yeah, I think that that fight would be epic and entertaining and take place at a tavern and result in a lot of broken faces. So um, Polonius and James Madison. Ooh. Battle Dome or Best Buddies? I probably Best Buddies. Yeah. Madison is used to letting people talk over him in the That's musical. That's true. And Polonius sure likes talking. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they would get along okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. I feel like they're like those randos people don't listen to. Right. They're just off on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know who we haven't talked a lot about? Who? TJ. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, he's not at the wedding for the time travel, but Thomas Jefferson goes where he wants in the space-time that continuum. That's true. Uh, so I think he just shows Thomas up. Jefferson's greatest passion is the space-time <laughs> continuum. <laughs> so yeah, I think he just shows up. And uh, yeah, who is he fighting with, making out with? Oh, buddying man. with i don't know i mean i think he'd be trying to make out with everybody i think that he'd be on the move for gertrude yeah i think he would see this and be like man i could be on top in this government 
Oh. And yeah, try yeah. and make that move. Yeah, I think that's true. He would try to work his way in. Such a Slytherin. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a real Slytherclaw. Yeah, he really is. He really is. Um, yeah, and I also think um, if we want to move into Best Buddies territory, yeah. I think uh, the Lafayette, Mulligan, Lawrence crew would hang out with the Gravediggers. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, because they're all really clever. Yeah. And I also, uh, as I was reading through, I recognized a Best Buddies that I think uh, is possibly the thing that most would need to happen. Because, you know, when you talk about Hamilton and you talk about characters, of course, we have to talk about what would happen to everyone's favorite character, Samuel Seabury. Um, Uh (laughs) He, you know... He's out there. Everybody deeply in love with him. He's the character I would say people are most invested in throughout the entire musical. Just like, Um, and it's great, you guys. And all we're doing is waiting to hear what happens with Samuel Seabury. Well, the the thing is, he finds Seabury the relation to pirates. uh, No, but he finds the best buddy to end all best buddies. Osric, the kid who Lar- who Laertes sends to tell Hamlet that they're going to have to have a duel. Uh-huh. Hamlet and Horatio spend about four pages just ripping on Osric. Oh, no. Nonstop. And then he's the referee for the duel. Maybe that's how um, Hamlet and Hamilton get to be best buddies, because they stop attacking each other, and they just turn and attack some goober. <laughs> some poor functionary. Yes. Oh. So I think Seabury and Osric just like hang out at the tavern and are like, why doesn't anybody like us? Yeah, I think um, Philip and Hamlet would be best buddies. Yeah, I think they would get because along they very they well. both have some real dark father issues. Mm, they aim to amaze and astonish. They die young. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, they're on the worst end of duels. They really are. And duels where they where their opponent doesn't play by the rules. Laertes poisons Hamlet, well, and I think um, Philip's other guy. I mean, he does. It's, Mr. Eaker, George Eaker, but he fires before they count to ten. Does he? If I we're going by the, that, if we're no, going by the song, he was going. He was aiming for the sky before they uh-huh. counted to ten. But I think that doesn't. I didn't take yeah. that as the other guy fired before. They oh counted well, to I 10. think they only count to seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then the record scratch. Oh. So I always figured oh, that George just shoots him. I always thought that was like we know where this is going. Oh yeah, it's like you know what, guys. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting though. So okay. yeah. So I, but I agree. I think that Philip and uh, and Hamlet, and like, they would just be like, we we just want our dads to be good people. We want to truly believe that our dads are yeah. flawless. They both like talking during shows. Yeah. In the theater. Oh my God, yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of dovetailing going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I think best buds uh, for sure. I think that might be why I am so frustrated with both of them as characters. <laughs> you just don't shut up in the theater. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that I, there's a lot of is, any other I best buddies. I see um, Eliza and Ophelia as best buddies yeah. because they're two ladies who like they. I mean, they don't have a lot of power, mm-hmm. um, and they're really just kind of used by men in their life in various ways. Yeah, and um, they have opposite reactions. Yeah, like Ophelia breaks and Eliza is like no. And I think it helps that Eliza has a support system. Like her, also true, Angelica. Tells Hamilton, I am not here for you. That is true. Yeah. Um, she has somebody Ophelia to help her through. has literally no one. Yeah. And everybody's just like, look at this crazy girl. She's yeah. singing songs. Right. Like, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, literally, they're like, Horatio, go follow her. Not like, right? go help Like, her. maybe make sure she's okay. No. Like, Just like, scope her out. Make sure yeah, that just, she's, yeah. Just go see, just make, just follow her and see what she does because it could yeah. be part of our plot. And then I guess he's like at the vending machine when she falls into the river or something. He's like, man, I am off the clock. <laughs> yeah, I'm clogging out. Yeah. Everybody asks me to do everything. Yeah, right? No one listens to me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like uh, Eliza comes to, you know, still kind of be able to support herself yeah. emotionally um, because she has a support system around her mm-hmm. um, and and has always had a support system. Whereas, yeah, Ophelia really just has dudes mansplaining to her. Yeah, all the time. So, yeah, ladies stand up for each other. Yeah, come on, ladies. Yeah, yeah. Be reliable with yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's some solid buddies in there. Um, I think this crossover is one I'm actually kind of excited to yeah, see. especially because Angelica has superpowers. Right. We cannot forget that in this reality, Angelica Schuyler is a time traveler. Yeah, she is a time lord. It's amazing. And then the doctor comes and they go on adventures together. Oh, Or yeah. she is the doctor. She is the doctor. She's Oh, she's a new incarnation. She kills the doctor in single combat. <laughs> oh, wow. And achieves his identity. Man. It's, you know, she's been playing the long game I, this whole time. So this is a Hamilton-Hamlet crossover, but I would love to see some Angelica... 
Doctor Who crossover art. Oh, absolutely. So if you can come up with that. Yeah, make that happen, Internet, yeah. please. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think that this is a reality that I will be visiting very often in my imagination because it's delightful. It is. Especially Samuel Seabury and Osric. The most I, dynamic figures. I, I Sure. Yeah. No one has fan art for that. They will. Oh, they will. <laughs> uh, but Annie, let's move into some reader's advisory. Uh, if people like Hamilton, buckle up, folks. Oh, my God. I have so many things that you can check out. <laughs> so if you cannot get enough Hamilton, here's more Hamilton. Yay. You can try the uh, Hamilton, The Revolution by Lin-Manuel Miranda and Jeremy Carter, a.k.a. The Hamilton. You can read our... Um, you can see Hamilton's America, which is a documentary about the making of Hamilton mm-hmm. on uh, PBS's great performances. Um, you can watch ham for ham performances. So, you know, Broadway tickets are super expensive. Um, but they did the Hamilton lottery, which gets you a ticket to Hamilton for $10. And as part of that, the cast would do these cool performances. And then it got to be like a huge, like, it's like a little mini show. Yeah, it was like a mini show. show. And then like, they had to just do it online because the crowds were too insane. Right. Um, you can listen to the Hamilton mixtape. You should so listen to the Hamilton yeah, mixtape. Yeah, like it started off as what it was going to be a mixtape turned into a Broadway musical, turned back into a mixtape. Yeah. So cool. Including a song that features Riz Ahmed from Rogue One. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, you guys. I like, I didn't even realize that. And I'm like, you are just this little cinnamon roll in real life. Yeah, he is the greatest. Yeah. Um, you could read... Articles about Hamilton, like a friend of the podcast, Melinda Lopez's beautiful article about going to see Hamilton with her daughter. It's Um, really lovely. Yeah, it's really lovely. We'll have it linked in the show notes. Um, And like there are a ton of other other thoughtful articles. I could go on all day about that. Um, Or you just go to Tumblr too. Yeah, go to Tumblr. Look at all the awesome fan art and all this cool stuff that people are doing around Hamilton. Yeah. Um, But if you are like, I already know Hamilton. I want some more musical theater, maybe with some history. You could try Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, um, mm-hmm. which is not as well-constructed or thoughtful as Hamilton, but still an awesome time. It's another yeah. show about a an American historical figure, this case, Andrew Jackson, the president, um, done in the style of, like, punk rock yeah, Green musical Day, theater. sort of. Yeah. yeah. Um, super fun and cool. Mm-hmm. Um you could listen to Les Mis, which has <laughs> all the revolutionary feels you could want. Do uh-huh. you hear the people sing? Um, if you want more founding, founding Fathers, you could listen to the 17, 1776 soundtrack, um, which, you know, they're all still white there, but it's a super fun musical. Like, yeah. I got to see that back in the day, and it's just adorable and fun. Um, you could see Assassins, which I haven't seen, but it's Sondheim and it's history and it's, like a look at really messed up America. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see The Color Purple, which I think is actually closing on Broadway. I believe so. Pretty yeah. Soon. So you got to see it now immediately go, go, go. or go see a local production. Yeah. It's if a, your city's doing it. Yeah. It's a phenomenal show. Um, like the book is like a punch in the gut, mm-hmm. uh, but it's beautiful and the the musical is amazing. Um it's based on, again, based on a book and also features a cast of color. Um, and I like that it's a story about a person of color yeah, by people of color, which is cool. Yeah. And, um, and a rarity in the theater, Yeah, totally. Um, and you can check out In the Heights, which was Lin-Manuel's Tony-winning musical before Hamilton. And it's not historic, but, you know, recent history. Yeah. Um, just, like, so well-constructed. It's, like, a really good look at how his mind works in constructing a musical. It's, just it's pretty great. Awesome. And again, like the original cast recording for that has some Hamilton performers in it, like Chris Jackson. Yay. Love, love. Um, you could listen to the Bellwether Friends podcast uh, musical episode for all your musical feels. Yeah. There is also a great episode of the Can I Pet Your Dog podcast. I think it was their first one Ooh. with Lin-Manuel Miranda on oh, it. Oh, yeah. And you get to hear about Lin-Manuel Miranda's dog. Yeah. Oh, my God. His dog is so cute. I've seen the pictures. Yeah. So go listen to that just for more Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, goodness. right. And dogs. Yes. And pups. Uh, okay. Some books also, because I love books. Um, Lafayette in the Somewhat United States by Sarah Vowell for American Revolution goodness. Um, yeah. She like really goes into the history of the American Revolution yeah. there. The audiobook is fantastic. The, yeah. She does a great job. You get like cat special guest stars on the audiobook. Um, and just like a really interesting look at more of the details of the revolution if you've mm-hmm. already listened to the Hamilton soundtrack. Um, the 
the Astonishing Life of Octavia Nothing series by M.T. Anderson about a young black man who is raised in and escapes from a racist social experiment in revolutionary Boston. It's really, really cool. Super cool. Like, I feel like it's one of the coolest written YA novels Mm -hmm. I can think of. Um, And then Not American and... Not, or not American history, but uh, Boxers and Saints, which is a really fascinating look at the Boxer Rebellion told by two characters on opposite sides of history. Yeah. And who it's a graphic of, novel. Right? It's a graphic novel. It's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it has that almost Hamilton Burr kind of two yeah. characters coming toward each other and throughout it, a narrative about a revolution. And it has one of the, I think, the biggest like kick in the gut last five pages yeah. endings of anything I have ever read. Oh, totally. Like I had a physical reaction a good one um reading this book when i got to the end uh it is gorgeous yeah um Um, so yeah those are those are my many recommendations a lot of stuff oh so many Uh, good things (laughs) um so yeah i saw the recommendation list for hamilton growing and i figured hamlet would probably need to be kept short but also because like guys it's hamlet you've you've read and seen things inspired by hamlet your whole lives at this point um but there's lots of good stuff if you want to really dig more into it um my favorite hamilton hamilton my favorite hamlet related ephemera is a book called backwards and forwards by david ball uh it's written for directors but it's also great if you're a playwright or a writer of any kind and also an actor as well um it is essentially a book about a theory of directing wherein uh Everything must be intentional. So his whole model is you start at the you can start at the end of a play at the final moment and then look at the moment right before it and try to con- and connect why mm. that led to that and then you work your way backwards through the play. Um, and his example text throughout the book is Hamlet, and he uses his whole book is essentially an argument of Hamilton's intention throughout the play and saying yes he's pretending to be insane he's not just crazy and you can see it by how each moment leads to the next moment um it's actually a really short read you can read it in probably an hour and a half or two hours mm-hmm. it's fascinating and it uh changed the way that i wrote plays yeah, as well i need to read uh, that yeah it's really really great um Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead by Tom Stoppard, uh, a classic play that is just a wonderful look at what it means to be an ancillary character in a play or in life. Um, it's brilliant. It's lovely. If there's a production of it, go see it, but read it as well because it's very witty and fun. Read Hamlet first, though, because there's lots of lovely in-jokes. Hey, speaking of Tom Stoppard making in-jokes about Shakespeare, why not go watch Shakespeare in Love? That's a fun flick. I feel like, the, you know, the main story for that is, like, fun and adorable yeah. and Shakespeare falls in love. But, like, if you're into English literature and the Elizabethan time period, it's just, like, all these fun in-jokes and, like, really great English actors having a lot of fun together. Yeah. It's just, like, a fun movie to watch. Uh, It is pretty delightful. Really Um, well-done costumes. Oh, yeah. That's right. And that's Annie's standard. Yeah. Um, And then lastly, hey, why not go watch a couple Star Trek movies? Um, Undiscovered Country directly references Hamlet in its title, and they talk about Shakespeare and the original Klingon and all that. But Wrath of Khan is the best Star Trek movie, and certainly the best Star Trek movie that includes Ricardo Maltabon quoting a lot of Shakespeare stuff. Um, Go watch it. It's lovely. Um, And it has a lot of really fun language and stuff in it. Can I add one um, Shakespeare? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, so I... I, like, hated Hamlet in high school. I was like, we just read Macbeth last year. That was way better. Why are we reading this? (laughs) Um, And, like, since then, I've really come to enjoy Hamlet. But there was one kind of YA book that I read called The Dead Father's Club by Matt Haig. It was, I don't even think, a thing that made a big deal. Mm -hmm. But I feel it's about a boy in, like, contemporary England who's, you know, loses his father, Mm -hmm. uncle marries his mom. um, And I feel like it was the best look at like this boy experiencing grief and dealing with like major family trauma that made me think, oh, maybe Hamlet is not just a dick. He's, He's going, going through some, through some bad stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's an, a really interesting take. Yeah, excellent. Um, so yeah, we did it. We yay Hamleted. Yay Hamlet! Yay Hamlet! Um, and if people want to yay Hamlet right back at us, uh, where can they find more Crossover Appeal content? So you can find all our show notes and other content on crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, you can email us with your Yay Hamlet ideas and fan art of Angelica and the Doctor at crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Crossover Appeal Podcast. Um, and on every other week when we don't have new episodes, we ask you what you've been 
been watching or reading or listening to. So come tell us. Yeah, have a lively pop culture conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, You can have a conversation with us in real time on Twitter at Crossover Appeal. And you can um, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or your favorite podcast listening device Mm -hmm. and uh, give us ratings and reviews because we love those. Yeah. Drop us a yay Hamlet in the review line. Yeah. uh, And that would be great. Um, But in the meantime, I think this is going to wrap us up. Uh, Happy Alexander Hamilton's birthday to you, Annie. Yay Hamlet day. Yay Hamlet day. Um, Until next time, this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Cardi. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. Mm